So you've been hearing those words, it's time to lean in, step up and break out, and it truly is time. This is a significant weekend. This is a decisive weekend where we decide what kind of people we're going to be. We decide if we're going to step boldly into our future or not. And frankly, as this weekend has gotten closer and closer, I've gotten more and more excited, but also a lot more nervous to know what are we going to do? How are we going to respond to this challenge that God has put before us, this opportunity that God has put before us? And uh, so even this weekend, you know, I've been, I've been kind of up and down emotionally, to be honest. But most of all, I've been excited. And uh, through my mind as we've gotten closer to this weekend, I keep thinking about a Bible story that I've known for quite some time, and it just keeps echoing in my ears. And in fact, I, I changed my text. We were supposed to talk about something else, and, and uh, so I, I changed it because I'm the pastor and I get to. Um, so I changed the text for today, for today's message, um, because I, th- I think this story relates so much. I want to tell you a story about a day in the life of the people of Israel. And it was a day when after 400 years of living in slavery and 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the day had come when God had finally said, okay, it's time for you to step into the promised land, to move into your new homeland. So here's this big moment that they had been waiting for for hundreds of years, and God says, it's time for you to step into your future. But the only problem is that standing in their way of stepping into their future was the Jordan River. Now, the Jordan River was never like the Mississippi or the Missouri River, not quite that large, but in its day, it was a significant river. And at the time that, that they were standing there waiting to cross into the Promised Land, the Jordan River was actually at flood stage. It was, it was flooded, and so you see this big, rushing, surging river, flooded river, standing between you and the Promised Land. Now, here's where the story gets crazy. God said that in order to cross this river, because back in those days, there were no bridges or barges or ferries or boats to get them across. God said, hey, here's what you're going to do to cross this river. I want you to take the priests and the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and I want you to begin to wade into the river, and I'll do something miraculous. I'll prepare a way for you so that you can cross over the Jordan River into the Promised Land. So you tracking? Here's this river standing in the way of their future, and all they would have to do is to send their priests carrying their most sacred possession, the Ark of the Covenant, out into the water. This is not a swimming people either. I mean, there's not a lot of water. These people don't want to swim. So send them into the river, and God's going to handle the rest. No problem. Who's going first? Cannonball, anyone? (laughs) See, I think today is a day a lot like that. Maybe not to the same scale, but I believe it's significant. We've been talking for the last six months about what's going on in our world. And uh, you see it every day that we're a world, we're a country that's increasingly divided and people are losing hope and bowing to fear more and more all of the time. We're a culture where people have lost their way and we've got so much affluence and so much opportunity and yet people don't know what makes for a good life, what's a full life, what's a whole life. And so people are stumbling around trying to figure out life, causing so much pain for themselves and people around them. And then meanwhile, the Christian church in our country, this, 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 uh, this body of people that's supposed to be the hope of the world, and man, our world needs hope. The Christian church is in decline. But here we are, St. John, this, this little church, and we're saying, no, we, we don't believe this is what God wants for our country. We don't believe this is what God wants for our world. We're, we're going to do something about it. See, it's not the government who's going to solve these problems. It's not about Donald or Hillary. It's always been about the people of God. It's always been on us. And so we're saying, hey, you know what? 
we're, we're going to pursue people like never before. And we're going to mobilize the next generation of world changers, raise up a generation who can do what, what, what none of us are able to do to solve the problems that baffle us here today. We believe we can. And we are going to establish ourselves as a local church in this community. We're going to take our campus to the next level. We're going to be a center of refuge and acceptance, a place where anyone is welcomed, where they can discover more about God along with a, a caring group of people who care about them. That's what we've decided to do. But like with Israel... Before any of that can become a reality, before we can move into our future, we have to step in to some scary territory. And we have to trust that God will do something when we step up. Now, some of us are thinking, step up? Hold up. You know, how will I know that if I step in and I commit myself to this work financially, if I, if I give myself over to this, how will I know that God will come through? How will I know that God will provide for me? How will I know that all of this will be worth it in the end? How will I know that this all will amount to something and we'll see more people come in, into faith and we'll, we'll see more hope being brought into our world? How will I know? It's like a Whitney Houston song in here. How will I know? Over and over again. And, you know, I think about those questions and I think, man, I bet, I bet I wasn't there, but I bet those questions, those same questions also flooded the minds of the Israelites as they stood on the banks of the Jordan River and looked over into their future, but, but said, man, we, we just have to, we have to walk, we have to wade into this river. How will I know it's going to be okay? But at the end of the day for them, there was a land to be taken. Their future was ahead of them, and the only way they could get there, the only way they could step into their future was to step into that scary, unknown place, the Jordan River, and expect that God would show up. In fact, let's look at what happened as they stepped in, as they stepped up. Joshua chapter 3, it says, uh, So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan River, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Just told you that. So, you know, the river got bigger. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan, and the moment their feet touched the water's edge, they didn't have to wade in very far. As soon as their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap in a, a great distance away in a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over. They stepped into the promised land. They crossed over opposite the city of Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped and planted themselves in the middle of the Jordan and they stood on dry ground while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. See, imagine how scary it must have been for those priests to wade into the water. But the moment they did, God did something. He showed up. He provided. But then imagine being one of those first Israelites to follow them into the riverbed. It must have been a little scary to step in, right? I mean, how will I know that the waters aren't going to come rushing back and wash me and my loved ones away completely? Stepping up always is risky. There's no other way. It always requires courage. So how did the Israelites do it? I mean, these people were not known to be a courageous people. How did they find courage in that moment? Well, for starters, there were really two things. For starters, they had the Ark of the Covenant. 
Now, I know you know about the Ark of the Covenant because you've seen Indiana Jones at some point in your life. And if not, um, go watch it. But, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, what was it? It was a sacred memory box that God had set apart for the people. And inside the Ark of the Covenant, inside this box, there were these reminders of God's promises, his fulfilled promises to the people of Israel over the generations. And so there were these, these, these reminders. And so God says, you know, have the priest carry these, these reminders that I am good and I am faithful and I keep my promises and I always provide. I want you to walk with these reminders of the promise into the river. And then the priest, they stop there in the middle of the river after it all dries up and they stand right there in the middle. They plant these promises there. And all of Israel has to walk by and, and they have to look upon the Ark of the Covenant and remember all of the things that God has done for them in the past so they can know as they're doing this risky, scary thing that he is a God who is good and faithful and he always provides and he always keeps his promises. They had the Ark of the Covenant and that gave them courage. But not only that, they had each other. I mean, to walk out into that riverbed alone, that would be crazy. To do it with uh, what we believe might have been two million people not so crazy. So what about us on this day that we are at together? Again, I don't think it's quite to the same risk level, but I think it's equally significant. And here's what I also know. I know that I'm not the only one who feels nervous about this. A lot of you feel, feel some nerves. You feel fearful about this because today you, you feel prompted to make the biggest financial commitment that you've ever made to a church. And some of you, you're feeling fearful because you're feeling prompted to make the first financial commitment you've ever made to a church. And some of you are filled with doubts and questions. You want to know how this is all going to work out, and you wonder if this is a perfect plan. And let me just tell you, this is not a perfect plan. I think it's a great plan, but it's not perfect. But you want a perfect plan. You want to guarantee that it's all going to work before you, you commit to it. But, but it doesn't work that way in faith. So how do we find the courage to go ahead anyway, to overcome our fears and our doubts, and to step into our future? Well, for starters, do you know why we started the service with communion? It's because communion is our Ark of the Covenant, only better. See, in communion, we have this living reminder that God is a God who always keeps his promises. That he sent us a savior like no other and that he saved us from sin and death so that we can have a future with him forever. In communion, we receive the body and blood of Jesus. So so get this, it's not an Ark of the Covenant standing in the middle of the river that we pass by, but instead the promises of God, the fulfilled promises of God are now coursing within our veins. Gosh, you want to talk about courage. The promises of God, the fulfilled promises of God now dwell inside of you, reminding you that God is good and that he provides and that he can be trusted because he always keeps his promises. There's some courage for you. And then throughout this thing, we've been talking about how this is, a, this is something that we're asking all of St. John to do. If this is your church home, if today you're a guest, you're excused from this, but if this is your church home, if this is, if this is your community, then we're saying 100%, need to be, 100% of us need to participate in this. Because if any of us are doing this alone, man, that's scary, that's risky. But if we do this together, the power of unity in the scriptures, the scriptures describe unity as the most unstoppable force in all of the world. It says that when we're united around the gospel, that even the gates of hell can't stand against us. We can storm the gates of hell, it says in the scriptures, when we are unified in the power of God. And so that's why we said 100% of us need to be involved in this. That if this is your church home, 
that you need to step up and commit. Because over the next two years, this is the only way anything will get done financially. We're not taking any other offerings, our missions work, all the things we do on the weekends, the improvements that we want to make, all of that is going to happen through Next. And so your commitment to Next is the only way we're going to get things done. And by locking arms together and saying we're in this together, we can accomplish things beyond your imagination. See, see, if you're looking for courage today, there's your courage. The promises of God fulfilled now dwelling inside of you and the people around you who are going to lock arms with you in this together. But here's one more thing I have to say before we make our commitments. I just want you to be really clear about what's at stake here. I want you to be really clear about what this is all about. And specifically, I want you to be clear about what the big win is for any of us who are courageous enough to step up in faith and to step into our future. See, for the Israelites that day, it wasn't just that they got to cross over the Jordan River and move into the promised land, that God's mission moved forward. That's not the big win of the day, although that was certainly big. See, I think personally there was a bigger win that happened in the heart and mind and the life of every Israelite person who walked across the dry riverbed of the Jordan River. And that was that they got a chance to see God, to see him move. See, this was a generation of people who didn't see Moses part the Red Sea most of them weren't alive for that miracle. I don't think any of them were alive for that miracle, actually. And, and so this was their moment where not only did they, they find a means to an end to get into the promised land, but they got to see God do something crazy, something miraculous, something that would change their life and their perspective on God for the rest of their life. See, I believe that we have the same opportunity. Next is not only a way that we move our mission forward. It's not only a way that we reach many more people with the love and hope of God. It's not only a way that we bring more of God's goodness into this world that desperately needs it. All of that is true. But don't miss this. Next is also a way. As you step up and commit yourself, it is a way for you to see God. To see him show up and provide to demonstrate to you personally that he's good, that he can be trusted, that he always keeps his promises. See, eight years ago this week, my wife Jocelyn and I, we were, we were in the middle of, of, a, of a wrestling match with God. Um, we had felt God calling us to take our two daughters, and my wife was greatly pregnant, so our unborn son and to leave our home, to leave our families, to leave grandparents and cousins and aunts and uncles, to leave a church that we loved. And we felt God calling us to journey into the wild, wild west of West St. Louis County to uh, come and join the staff here at St. John. And uh, in a lot of ways, it makes sense. We were leaving behind a lot. And some of you know the story. It was in the middle of the housing crisis and biggest economic downturn of my life. And we were going to lose everything in our house. And, and, uh, and, and we, we weren't coming to more money or greater title or greater clout or anything else. The only thing we were coming to was a mission that we believed in. And we felt like God was calling us to go, to step up. And it made zero sense. But eight years ago, this week, we were making the decision to step up, and, and you know how the story goes. We came here, we did, and let me tell you, not only as a result of that decision did we come into a church that we love, and frankly, I didn't think a church like this could exist. A church that so badly wants to evidence the heart of Christ, that wants to live out the gospel, that wants to be a place of grace, I didn't think churches like this existed. 
Not only did we discover a family that God raised up for us, not flesh and blood, but a new family here to, to help uh, you know, ease the pain of leaving our family back in Michigan. But, but most of all, do you know what we discovered? We got a chance in stepping up to see God. And over the last eight years, I can't tell you all the stories, we got to see God. We've gotten to see God move again and again and again, demonstrating that he's good and that he can be trusted and that he always provides See, that's changed our lives. And that's why even on a weekend like this, even though there's some fear, even though there's some doubt, even though there's some worry, there's also some excitement because we believe that as we step up again and we stretch ourselves again, and I don't fully know how we're gonna make this work, frankly. Our financial commitment, I don't know, I don't know how. But here's what I know, because I've experienced it. That not only will we help a meaningful mission move forward, but we will get the chance to see God. Friends, see, the same is true for you today. The reason this day is so important is not just because it moves our mission forward, but it's your chance to see God. So I want to challenge you today to stop bowing to fear, stop making excuses, stop waiting for a perfect plan, and step in, step up, because when you do, you will see God. Let's pray. Father, we want to see you. Help us to do that, to see you increase in the lives of people around us to see you increase in our community. But Father, we want to see you more clearly. We want to see for ourselves that you're good. We want to see your miraculous power and provision. Father, we want to see you do things that that we only read about in the scriptures that we don't believe happen anymore. Father, we want to see those things unfold. So as we get courageous here today, as we take a step forward, help us to see you. We pray it in Jesus. Amen. So now it's time. It's time for us to step up into the waters, step out into the waters, I should say, and to commit to doing God's work. Right now, grab one of these. They're in the seat rack ahead of you. If you're online, I'll give you some instruction here in a minute. Um, So they're in the seat rack ahead of you. This is a commitment card. On one side, it describes our generosity journey and the power of generosity. On the other side, there's, there's a chart. And I just have to say something about this chart that, um, you know, we designed this chart just, just to try to give some structure to, to all of this. Um, to say we believe that we've got about $11 million of work to do over the next two years. And again, that's everything we'll do, everything. That's not extra, that's everything we'll do. Normally it would take us about eight and a half, but we're stretching, we're stepping up to $11 million. Now God will ultimately decide how much we need and and he'll provide everything that we do need. He knows better than we do. But I just have to confess a blind spot as as I present this card to you. You know, I look at that bottom number there, and again, these are just guidelines, but I look at that bottom number there, and I, you know, $2,400 commitment to next, $1,200 a year, $100 a month. Um, There's a part of me that thinks, man, anyone in this community should be able to do $100 a month. I mean, just quit going to Starbucks, quit eating out, cut back your cable a little bit, and you can get there with $100 a month. But, But here's a blind spot. See, I've gotten so excited about giving and generosity that I've forgotten in my own life that there was a time in my life, and I was even a pastor at the time, where $100 a month seemed impossible to me. It terrified me. And so I don't want you to get hung up on the numbers that are on this card today. These are just numbers to show you what it might look like if we were to fill this together. Ultimately, I'm going to give you some time in the next couple of minutes for you to sit with God. And if you have a spouse here with you, to sit with your spouse and to have a conversation about what numbers God wants you to put on this card. And they may be numbers very different from this, bigger than this, less than this. It's all about you and God in this moment, okay? I just want you to be clear about that. And then on this card, I'll just walk you through this. The first box here is you, uh, you say what you normally give in a year. 
So some of you know that, some of you don't. Some of you know that you, you don't give anything. You're not a giver yet, but that can change for you today. So in this next box then below it, you can say, hey, here's what I'm going to give additionally on top of what I already give. And for some of you, this may be all that you give. This may be your new giving journey. And then uh, below that, you can write what you intend to give now, stepping up in the next year. Then over to the right, you multiply that by that by two for the full two-year commitment. And then beneath that, there's an opportunity if you have any stored resources, if you're going to liquidate an account or sell something to give a one-time gift, you can write it there. But here's the important thing. If those boxes confuse you, that's okay. Just ignore those boxes. Here it says, my total commitment to next. In that box surrounded by black, we want you to write your two-year commitment to next. Now, um, if you're joining us online right now, you can go to stjstl.net slash next. And at the top of the page, you can say, click the button that says commit to next. Commit uh, the link that says there. And there's a card like this for you to fill out too. And here's what I want you to do. Take three minutes and talk to God and talk to your spouse and write down whatever God says. Some of you have a number. You have a card filled out when you came in today. But in the next three minutes, God may say something else to you. Follow that prompting. And for some of you, you thought nothing about this. And I'm going to challenge you today just to take a step. Stop thinking and follow God. Just commit boldly because those who step in get to not only see God's work accomplished, but they get to see God personally. So you got three minutes to talk it over to Russell with God and to fill out your card. And then I'll come back and explain to you some more.
In 1 Chronicles 29, there's a moment recorded where the people of God are preparing to build a temple for God. And it wasn't just going to be a temple for the Hebrew people, but it would be a temple where anyone, any of the nations could come and worship the true and living God, a place of refuge for anyone who wanted to seek after the true God. And uh, the way they went about it was, was interesting. King David, the king at the time, he went before the people, before they offered their gifts, and he made a public offering of all the things he would give to see the temple built. And then right after David, he called forth his government rulers and his military leaders and the heads of the families. In other words, the leadership of the people. And they publicly offered their gifts for the building of the temple. And and 1 Chronicles 29 says that when the people of Israel saw that, when they saw the courage and the obedience and the faithfulness of their leaders, they rejoiced greatly. And then they followed suit in offering their gifts. Now, um, today we're going to do something in the, in the spirit of 1 Chronicles 29. You see, our leaders, our staff, the members of our board of directors, and our elders, uh, they have been leaning into this for about six months now, praying specifically about how God wants them to step up. And so in keeping with 1 Chronicles 29, we're going to have a moment where our, our leaders come forward and they offer their gifts, their commitments, I should say, first. Now, now here's just some clarity on this moment. This isn't meant to be showy. This isn't what this is about. Ultimately, what we are trying to demonstrate to you is that we as leaders are not asking you to do anything that we ourselves are not willing to do. And these are people who give a lot to this church. They serve with their energy and their time. They're very devoted to the work of God here. But we want you to know that we believe in this future. We believe in this plan. We believe that God is going to do more through it. And so we are, we're going to go first. We're going to go forward. And we hope that gives you courage. We hope that that makes you excited. We hope that gives you joy so that then you can follow suit and offer your commitments. So right now, I want to invite our leaders forward. Again, you know who you are, staff members, members of our board of directors and board of elders, for you in the spirit of 1 Chronicles 29 to offer your commitments first before the Lord. these people are going to be standing around and uh, all around the sanctuary enveloping this space, space and they're standing there to pray for you as you prepare to make your commitments knowing that this is scary uh, but believing that God is going to do great things so they're going to be praying for us as we offer our commitments see now it's your turn to step in to step up and to see God move in our church but to see God personally in your life so you've got that card that you filled out 
in the next few moments, we're going to invite you to uh, come forward. Um, wherever you are, you're going to go down the side aisles. You're going to come up the center aisles, two, two uh, lines. Um, go ahead and offer your commitments here in the baskets on the side of the altar. I also want you to look inside your pew rack. There is a card like this. Grab one of these. This is a prayer card. See, as you come forward and offer your commitment, we also encourage you to scratch out a prayer um, of, of what, how you hope God will move through your commitment through our church over the next two years. Maybe it's a prayer for a specific person or maybe it's just something that you want, you hope that God will do. Go ahead and write out that prayer. Offer your commitment here in the baskets. Then take the prayer card over to the side walls. You see some new prayer walls constructed and, um, and you can roll these up and just kind of stick them in the prayer walls and people will be praying about that. So offer your commitments here, go to the side. And then um, I, I, I said something crazy last service and people had this moment and then they all left. You're not supposed to leave after this. Just come back in your seat. We're going to be singing a song of worship. We will pray, and then we'll leave together. So please don't leave until it's time. Uh, that would break my heart. Um, because now is an opportunity for us, and this is such a momentous thing, to step in, to step up, and to watch God move. So whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready to come and offer your commitment, up the center aisle, and then go ahead and offer your prayers over there. Go back to your seats, and let's worship our great God.